<laughs> lighten it up, light and fluffy. <laughs> Maybe that should be our topic today is why we don't all need to be light and fluffy and happy all the time. Because I think that's a good topic. It is a good topic. I mean, We're it's better than my idea of writing is fun. <laughs> But it's funny because when you sent me that topic, that's immediately where my brain went to. Why does it have to be fun? Like, why does everything have to be fun or like have a purpose to it or like have a like knowing purpose to it where you're like, this is like, I'm doing this because of this. And it's like, I don't know if we need answers all the time. There's power in that darkness. I like that. Like it's, we, we don't always have to have purpose. Um, sometimes you can just do something because it feels good. Yeah, or not do something because you just don't want to. <laughs> like, they, it's okay to have a bad day, I think is what I'm saying. Like, it's okay to just, like, even, I don't know, like, it's, people are always like, oh, like, love yourself. Oh, like, like, fill yourself with light and be all this, like, light and fluffy happiness. And, like, if even if you're in a bad mood, just pretend, like, just, just be happy. And they're like, just like, I don't know. And it's just like, this makes me sound like I'm super depressed right now. I'm not. I'm actually in a very good place. But it's like, I think people are very uncomfortable with um, that, like, the darker sides of reality and the darker sides of us internally, like, going into those shadow realms because we're always told that we need to work on the the happy parts and work on what fulfills us and work on achieving more of this happiness and this light but you can't have light without that darkness cliche moment i just read something this morning on anger and how we push anger away and we don't deal with anger and so it turns into undealt with energy um when like anger isn't bad it's an expression of an emotion it doesn't mean that you have to be angry towards someone or angry towards yourself but you can acknowledge anger why you feel it and how to deal with that um and i I think that that's a lot to do with like going into the shadow of things and um and acknowledging it not not pushing it deep down we were talking about that in our in the course that I'm in um, not long ago that how a lot of people skip in like in the grieving process a lot of people will or yeah a grieving process in whatever sort of process they'll skip over the anger part and just go straight to forgiveness um, and how it's actually pretty impossible to forgive something truly if you're still if you haven't processed like you said that um, that energy that it does because it is all emotions hold energy. Uh, to them and if we're not processing them or giving them due process this may be a better way to phrase that then that energy gets stored somewhere in our in ourselves whether it be mentally emotionally or physically or a mix of both and so skipping over that step um and just trying to like because we're always told like forgive and forget forgive and forget forgive and back and like forgiveness is obviously very important and a very healthy step in any sort of healing journey or whatever you're working towards for yourself. But if you have just like glossed over the anger and the sadness part of things and not actually experienced it and, and followed it through, then you're not, you're not going to be able to fully process the forgiveness or let go of the freaking, let go after forgiveness either. Cause there's still going to be this pent up energy in the system. It's staying in that um, result 
um, orientation where it's always just results, results, results instead of the process. Yeah. Um, I didn't say that correctly, but I'm sure that that makes <laughs> no, sense. I know what you mean because it's, yeah, like we're always, all of us are constantly, I'm super guilty of this, but like all of us are constantly saying, I'm going to like, this is what I want to be. So therefore I'm going to be this. And you're right. We skip over the process of things and we just go straight to the result. And that's where we fixate. Um, we, we fixate on this result instead of just letting the process happen and trusting. Uh, trust is another big one. All of us have trust issues on some level with ourselves more than anything. And so um, we like, we ignore this. We don't focus on building the trust in the process. We don't focus on the power in the process. We just skip to like, this is what's going to happen and it has to happen. And this is how it's going to happen and all this stuff. And then may or, it may or may not happen, but it never really fulfills what we wanted out of it because we skipped over this whole other process. And that brings us full circle back to horses. Yay. Because that, that is what the industry has turned into is there's no more, there's no more process. And I'm sure lots of people are going to disagree with me on this one and I don't care um, because from what I've seen for however many years is it is all a result. There is, and it's fixating on that. Um, I can remember watching trainers when I was a kid and uh, lots of times even watching trainers now and you, they go into the ring and it's lead change, lead change, lead change, uh, pee off, spin, sliding stop. And there, there's no gymnastics beforehand. There's, there's nothing ugly. There's nothing off about it. The horse is in what is deemed to be collection um, the entire time. And there, there's, no, there's no process to it. Um, and even in like the natural horsemanship end of things, it's very much so that result oriented and and the horse it's so much about oh you don't touch the horse and and i said this to somebody the other day when i was just letting my mouth tap into my subconscious and say the words instead of actually overthinking things and uh oh i lost what i was gonna say um in, in regards to oh um when a lot of times when we're training a horse we just, we give them the numbers and we say, here's all the numbers. Now you do math. How does that make any sense? How is a horse going to make any sense out of that? It, we have to hold their hand in some, in, we're asking them to do a movement that's natural for them. And we're trying to stay out of the way to achieve that movement. But we, at some point have to say to them here, let's start a conversation. Um, first, we have to learn how we can communicate with one another because I am a human and you are a horse and we need to develop a way of communicating. Once we have that way of communicating, let's talk about what my intent is here. And if your intent is, I want you to feel good and I want to feel good and I just want to have fun versus your intent is an expectation of, you are my slave, do as I say, that's, 
that's going to give you different results. And that's a different process if there was a process at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree. It's, I've used the like lesson of like figuring out values and why is behind what we're doing a lot lately, but sometimes in a backwards way, like I used to use it to really help people align with a goal that they have. And I think that's still super valuable, but also more so lately because I have seen so many clients and patients focusing like hyper, hyper fixated on some end goal that they have or some problem that usually is they're hyper fixated on a problem. Is hyper fixated a word? I don't think so, but I just created it. Um, Good job. <laughs> and so they get so fixated on this issue, hyper fixated on this issue. And so using that kind of why exercise, and I think it was, one of our challenges a few episodes ago it was um using that why exercise to just kind of interrogate them as to why why it's so important to them to hold on to this issue or hold on to this result or hold on to this current reality that they're in um and I think that's important for even when we look at trends in the industry and with what we think is the right way to go about working with our horse or what we want to look like when we're working with our horse or what we want our horse to look like when we're accomplishing a certain thing. Um, I think when we really stop and like critically think about why we're doing something why we think a certain way then we can maybe start unraveling why we have ended up in the place of thinking and perceiving that this direction or this place that we're in is is the right reality to be in because we can yeah and that's i think that's where people get stuck is they get stuck in this existence that the reality that they're in is the forever reality and that's the true reality and that's what needs to happen and we were just talking about this kind of before we started recording recording where it's like what if there's other ways of thinking and being and doing things that were always how things were but we just have ended up in this place of thinking that this is the right way and that's become the normal and that's become the the group think and it's safe to be in that group thing. I went on a whole tangent with that. But um, yeah, that's, that's my thoughts on that. I like that word group think. It's oh, group think. Group think. The worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it, everyone's going to have a different opinion and a different perspective on, on how, how to do life. And I think everybody comes from a different place and uh, has different values. And, but we've, we all have to do life. You can't avoid it. It, It's it's unavoidable. And I think that that's, that's what the group think um, or some of the, the horsemanship that's out there now is saying is you don't actually have to do the process. I'm going to take that away because it's uncomfortable and nobody wants to feel uncomfortable. So let's just take that away. And here is happy, fluffy, good time. 
Here's the solution, the one and only solution. The one and only solution. And it's, that's very easy to fall for in a lot of scenarios, especially if you have been banging your head against the wall or if you've experienced discomfort or you are working through some fear. Um, and that, that goes for like when you're working with a horse, it goes for when you're working with your own body. If somebody says, I've got the perfect magic solution, how many people are going to say, sign me up? Yeah, and totally. And there's also a lot of the same, again, but different, slightly different, where it's like, this is the way we've always treated X, Y, and Z. And so this is your only option. This is the tried and true method where you must do this. Um, to treat X, Y, and Z or to accomplish X, Y, and Z. That could go both directions for horses or working with bodies or working with whatever goals. Um, Cause again, because it's just been, this is the way we do things. Why would we change things now? There's a really interesting, um, when I was in university, um, I took a class on sport, sport, no, like psychology and life and sport. And uh, like, sounds riveting. It was actually, it was one of my favorite classes. Um, Didn't, I wish it went deeper than it did, but for what it was, it was very interesting. And one of the exercises the prof had us do early in the, in the year was she put us all into like groups of like five to seven people and gave us all like a character. And so we all like pulled these characters of a hat and we had to like be this person that we pulled on this hat and then she put us in a scenario where it's like you're on a sinking ship ship there's only room on this lifeboat for five out of seven of you you guys have to decide as a group who's not getting on this lifeboat and so based on the characters we were given we had to negotiate for our right to be on this boat um and or had like it was interesting to see because through the exercise i don't think she even gave us this instruction but through the exercise natural kind of like leader figures would pop out in the group in in terms of personality and they would start deciding what was best for the whole group and then based on the personalities in the group we would all just kind of fall into place and either agree or disagree but there would be like this this shift that happened in the group where all of a sudden this one person was deciding who stayed on the boat and who got off the boat or who wasn't getting on the boat um as awful as this example is, it was like a really stark awareness. And she was using this point to prove groupthink and how we all, t- there's personalities that tend to shift towards the, the like decider leadership position. And that's why it's so easy for the rest of the personalities to just fall into the guidance of that one person. And then they can end up negotiating and deciding all these things for the group and the group will just go along with it. Humans are essentially sheep in, in so many contexts. Um, but it just brought to, it, it brought to light the point of like, we often, unless you're really on your toes a lot of the time, it's so easy to get sucked into, um, sucked into, ways of thinking, ways of being, ways of thinking like this is right. And then again, and from my perspective, because I've started stepping myself, like backtracking myself out of that way of existing, you start to see where you've maybe been like suspicious of things. You're like, but why am I actually suspicious of this? Like this method that isn't the normal method, but why does it, why is it pinned as this alternative or this hokey method? Like what, 
is it just because it's different? Like, how did it get there? And so you start like actually like taking a second, you're like, why do I think this? Why do I have this preconceived opinion of something that I've never experienced before for myself? And I think that's very true in the horse industry. And it's even true in like relationships with other people where you're like, oh, well, I'm not going to get along with so-and-so because of this. And it's like, but why, why do I have that automatically in my head? Like <laughs> that I'm not going to get along with somebody that I've never worked with before, experienced, or, or um, you could put it to where we've used this example before, but your horse spooks every time he gets to the end of the ring. But does he have to spook every, like, why is he spooking? Like, why is this, why is this reality the one that we're choosing when there could be a hundred different realities that we exist in? I'm in a very tangenty mood today, clearly. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, That's actually a really interesting exercise on seven people and five in a boat. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was very interesting. And like, I've seen that actually done in a few different contexts and it's always fascinating to see what the group like leans towards. Cause it's usually fairly similar. Actually, there's always like these core underpin values that we as a society, no matter what character we're, we're trying to play, like if we're given this one specific character inside of personality traits that we're supposed to embody, no matter what, like, because we have these underlying conditions in our head, just as humans, based on the society we all grew up in, um, the group tends to sway the same way. So for instance, like, the one thing that I clearly can remember is that there was one person in the group that was a pregnant, pregnant woman, obviously. Um, And I don't think in one group was she voted off the boat. But again, why nobody would think to vote a pregnant woman off the boat because of what we've been taught women and children always take priority in that safety scenario but if you really thought about it from what another sentence this is going to sound awful i'm not even sure i want this recorded (laughs) but who's going to be the heaviest on the boat if you thought from a totally different standpoint and i'm not saying that's the right standpoint but again because the group we as humans are so conditioned to think a certain way about certain kinds of people and certain kinds of realities and certain kinds of situations the group always trended towards one, one way of deciding. This, I don't, this is kind of like off in a slightly different direction, but uh, it's it just triggered for me. So when you're in a scenario like that, and there's going to be people in that scenario that are going to push their opinion um, as the correct opinion. And at that point, it's a survival thing um it's going to be in their best interest for survival if their opinion becomes the the opinion of the whole yeah but that drive humans seem to have that drive in all aspects um to the point where if you ask me for advice on uh, what color to paint your living room and i give you i say beige with a hint of gray That's my favorite color. Um, I'm really stepping outside of my box here. And you say, okay. And then you ask five other friends and you decide to paint your house a different color from what I've said. This doesn't affect me at all. 
I actually have never been in your house, which is kind of strange. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> you picking the color that I suggested is in no way, shape, or form going to affect me in my life. But when I hear, or you send me a picture, hey, what do you think of the living room? And it's like a rust color. I'm like, that's not the color that I suggested. I instantly get offended. Uh, like, I wouldn't. I don't actually give a fuck. <laughs> but <laughs> a lot of people may get instantly offended and be like, I can't believe she did that. And like, that's, that's just one example. But I'm sure you can think of a hundred other examples where you've been asked an opinion and when your opinion, and your opinion in this scenario, it's like, what should I have for lunch? And like, it, it's an opinion that does not affect you in any way, shape or form, but yeah. we instantly get our hackles up when our opinion isn't taken. And so I've been paying, I don't know why I've been paying attention to this lately. Um, and your story kind of triggered that again, because I don't think it's something that I'm doing consciously, but I started really paying attention to that. And I came to the realization that there's a lot of scenarios in life where it doesn't matter. And if people believe what I say to be true or believe what you say to be true, it doesn't matter. That's their choice. And it, it, it just doesn't matter at the end of the day. And it would almost be an interesting challenge for people just to pay attention to that through the day at how many times there's that, little ping when there's a conversation and their opinion isn't heard or something is brushed off or and how many scenarios that that happens throughout the day where that little ping happens and it affects our mood and it affects like how we it might affect the rest of the day for you I don't know how deep that goes for you because some people are like highly affected by that and highly offended when their opinion isn't valued as the best opinion um, because it's almost like their opinion is always whether they're going to get on the boat or not. Yeah. And yeah. And like, we're always like programmed for like on some level survival too. Yeah. So like whatever we've been conditioned at some point in our lives to connect with our survival is what our brains and our nervous systems at some level are always focused on which is when it gets really interesting when you start look at looking at like developmental stuff and societal stuff and health and whatever well and just our bodies like it, it, because we're always programmed for survival we're we compensate yeah. And, and I mean, horses do it in a way, it's very impressive how horses can compensate to appear to be um, okay. Um, that's how they stay alive. It's, that's, it's that same survival thing. Very interesting. <laughs> On the same token, this is the difference between you and me. <laughs> um, to watch how humans, comp like, compensate to show that they're okay in everyday life <laughs> the same. like they're very good at it until they're not <laughs> until they're not well it, it's it's not just their bodies though but it's mentally the mental compensations um it's so interesting to 
meet somebody that is overly confident to or overly egotistical to compensate for their lack of confidence. Yeah. 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 And, <laughs> and and you see a lot of you see a lot of those people riding horses. Um, because it's that I mean the horses give them a place to conquer, to feel that confidence. And it's it's how they handle the horses in that um it's conquering something because they maybe don't have control over certain aspects of their life so they can control that horse and that's even an interesting thing to watch when you're working with the horses is am i am i doing this for the horse or am i doing this to conquer something in my life yeah am i doing this for my body or am i doing this to conquer something in my life because it, yeah. I think people do a very similar thing with their bodies too it's the the controlling and the conquering the human body um I live in a hillbilly neighborhood <sighs> did you hear that yeah <laughs> is there any like why he's conquering his truck right now um there's obviously some inadequacies happening in his life. Um, <laughs> but it's like, it, it, the only reason that you end up seeing this is because you like, you've, you have to deal with it with yourself. Um, and when you kind of go inside and you're like, Oh yeah, that's why I'm doing that. And mm -hmm. you like, you see it for what it is. It's like, <laughs> but then, then when you become aware of it, you can, you can change it. Cause it like, I don't want anybody listening to this podcast to feel like Kat and I are sitting here being like, oh my goodness, we totally have everything figured out. <laughs> no. <laughs> God, no. Um, the reason why we talk about this stuff is because it's what we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, that's, it, that's the process right there is saying, I do this because of this and I no longer want to do that because I don't, it doesn't serve me. It's not doing anything. And then you get a result. And the result is awareness. You, oh, have awareness. <laughs> exactly. And that you awareness. Doing things where you're like, why? Uh, <laughs> I did it again. But once you do that, then you're like, then you can consciously start in your head catching yourself before you actually physically react a certain way or process a certain way or choose a certain set of directions that you know don't serve where you're going or where you want to be and that my friends is why it's important to have some values and whys and and at least like in your head some like even if it's just a starting point you're like this is why I want to do x y and z and that why might change but you have to have something to start with and like, so one of the things I'm okay sharing this, one of the things that I'm currently catching myself doing, and I've, the last few days, like numerous times in the day, I've been like, oh, there it is. Shit, I did it again. Because it, I have this, like, my go-to response when, so let's say I have, um, I've been asked to do something and the date doesn't quite, or like the time that I got asked to do it or the details of the, of what I'm doing don't quite 
work exactly as they could in my schedule, my immediate response is going to try going to be to try and change my life around what I've been asked to do to make it work, even if it doesn't actually benefit me that much. So whether financially, whether um, connection wise, whether professionally, whether personally, even if this thing that I've been asked to do, even if I don't want to do this thing that I've been asked to do, my go-to response is to try and shift my entire life around this one thing so I can make it happen for somebody else and not let them down, um, even if it doesn't serve me at all to do so. Um, and so I've started catching this and part of the way I've been catching this is I've actually been like just listening to what my actual response is in my body, in my head when I, when I get an ask. So whether it be um, booking clients on a certain time during or during the day or going and teaching somewhere or a personal obligation that I've been asked to do, or even sometimes a family thing that I've been invited to or whatever. Um, and because my life for so long has been around building businesses and um, family, of course, is always a pillar and like all these things that I've been told are very important to me and are very important to me, but I've let them kind of control my life in many ways. Now it's like when I go to have to cancel something or change something, my initial response is guilt and like, I'm not worthy of canceling this. So there's been so much work going on for myself around just being okay with what my body, my mind, my being needs and prioritizing the rest of my life around that. But constantly I'm like having to catch myself because my go-to is like, no, like you should make this work. They really want you to do this. this is it going to be good for this and this and this? But if it doesn't serve me, like me going and doing that isn't actually helpful at this point or at any point probably. But um, yeah, that's been like one of the, and it's, but it's this constant thing where I'm like, nope, you can't. And you need to let go of this guilt and this worry and this fear that you saying what you need to say around this one thing is going to be taken badly because every time I've done that and I've actually said like, no, and this is why, and I'm still trying to justify the no, right. That's part of yeah. my rules. I don't necessarily need to justify every time I say no to something, but I've been justifying it more so for myself right now as part of that journey. <laughs> but every time I actually say no to something, people are more times than not are like, no, like I get it. It actually works better to do it somewhere else. Anyway, we were just thinking that was best for you. So like, Usually, like, nothing is about, it's funny, like, nothing is about you, nothing's targeted at you, but also everything has to be about you at the same time, like, <laughs> so I was reading, I was reading something recently about that exact scenario, about how we, we don't say no, and how that comes from a really selfish place. And it's like this totally, this really helped me with that a little bit too, because I understand um, on so many levels, like <laughs> totally destroying your life to make, to say yes to everybody. And so then you never can ever give anyone a hundred percent. But at the same time, you're saying by always saying yes, you're saying I'm capable of everything. Mm -hmm. And it, it ends up being a really selfish thing to do to be constantly trying to make everything work, which though, and the way I wish I could remember the way that this book worded it because it, yeah, it just, it put this spin on it where you're, instead of you thinking like that you're doing these things like, Oh, I just want to accommodate everyone and I want to make things work and I'm building a business. And it just put this like super negative spin on it. Like where all of a sudden you're, you're kind of sitting there and you're like, 
oh, wow, that's gross. I, I do that all the time. Like that is, that is gross. <laughs> and it's so true because it's, you're not in so many ways, you're not helping anyone by doing that. No. No, because if I don't want to be somewhere, especially with the type of work that I do, and it'd be the same with the type of work that you do, if I don't want to be somewhere, if I'm not fully in an engaged space and intentionally like creating what I need to create in that moment for somebody else, because a lot of the work that I do do, it, it requires such a deeper level of connection and awareness and intention behind, even if it's just holding space for something or communicating something or whatever, um, but if I'm not in a good state for myself, then what am I? I'm just wasting people's time and money. And that's useless. Like, that's not what I intend to do. That's not ever my intention. But it's definitely happened sometimes. There's been times in my work where I'm on the end, tail end of a however many people person a day day. And like, you're no, like, I'm not even, I'm on full autopilot. Like, I, there's guaranteed no energy going through my touch working with people. There's no creativity of what I'm saying to them it's just like regurgitating this and this and this and like honestly most people don't notice unfortunately when that's the case but I as an individual who cares about my work it's like well that was not great like I don't even feel like I should have been paid for that but at the same time like what like but yeah and, and I, I I understand what that book is trying to say because it does become this yeah that's just process isn't, isn't right. No. Even oh, though it's wrong to anything. <laughs> Where did we go with this? <laughs> I don't actually know. Um, but yeah, I, it makes sense. It's today. The topic really is the process. Um, or if you're from North America, or North America, we're from North America, uh, the United States, the process, because they pronounce their O's with an A, an ah, and they give me shit all the time for saying process, which is the, cor the correct process? enunciation. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? They say it felt weird. We say it right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is, this is what I've been, the argument I've been having. Uh, it's not a selfish argument. Um, me winning this argument is life or death situation. Yeah. But I mean, to take this on a whole like other deeper level, and this isn't even taking a deeper level, it's just rephrasing what we just said, but it's like whatever serves you as an individual on like an actual cellular level, like whatever is actually feeding your being in terms of the values that you have and what your inner guidance tells you that it needs and wants and, and all this thing, whatever is serving you is likely going to also serve those you're hoping to serve or those you're around. Um, it's your, it's your integrity. It's your integrity. And this is one of my, been one of my things for the last like few months too, is like living with integrity and living with integrity for myself. And the more I've gone through that journey with myself, the more I've seen what I can do with others completely transform. Like where I am today as a therapist versus where I was six months ago. I don't even think I was really truly practicing six months ago because I was so burnt out. I could hardly function and I didn't know why. And it was really scary because I loved my job. And it's like, when you love your job and you all of a sudden hate your job, it's fucking terrifying. 
Um, so like fast forward six months where I really just took time to go and work with myself and change things for myself. Even when I didn't really want to like certain things, I was like, Oh, this isn't that important, but um, whatever, I'll play this game with myself and see what happens. All those things that I like at one point was like, eh, this is fine. This isn't that important. This isn't contributing to this issue that I have. All of them were like, spoiler alert, every little thing in your life contributes to whatever your end result is. Um, I was going to go somewhere else with that and it's gone, but yeah, everything that's good for you on that deeper level is going to serve whatever purpose you are hoping to serve. So whether that be with others in your life, with your horse, with certain goals that you've set, all of it connects, all of it's connected. All of it is like one unit. <laughs> we have to start looking at things that way is that everything is connected. It's never just your, it's never just your like foot that hurts. It's something else that's going on too. It's never just whatever. It's never just that your horse can't do this because they had this injury back then. It's probably related to something you're doing with your body and the compositions they have and all these other things. Everything is always connected. Always, always. Good tea. Yeah. It's water. <laughs> <laughs> One of my clients always makes fun of me. She's like, oh, I see you have your white tea again. I'm like, sure do. Sure do. Well, I'm glad you're back, Sarah. Sarah was in Portugal for two weeks, and I was very lost. No, I wasn't. I was fine, but I missed her. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks. I was given for the ego. <laughs> I was lost about you. Um, it was super funny. There was so many times where I was like, I need to tell Kat about this. And then I would be like, but if I text her right now, I have no idea what time it is there. And I will probably be a wicked jerk. Like one o'clock in the morning text messages of, I just saw the most amazing fox. <laughs> You're so nice. When I travel, I am the worst. I'm texting everybody back home at all hours. Like, I do not give a shit. Like, look at this picture of me on a beach because I'm on a beach. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, Manitoba. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. It's so true. There's so many times I wanted to punch you in the head. <laughs> yep. I have <laughs> my mom, like, when I was living in New Zealand, I would call my mom at all hours. Like, I would call, I was sick once and I called my mom. I was like, in between my room and the bathroom because I was like throw up sick and like I would call I was lying on my floor I called I skyped my mom and she I don't know why she answers but she answered and she's like you know what time it is here I'm like I don't care I'm so sick she's like I can't help you I'm literally 10,000 miles away but I forced her to be on the phone with me for like three hours yeah while you were vomiting I have literally texted people from Everest base camp just because I needed an advice <laughs> and no idea what it was, what time it was at home, but I sure texted them <laughs> and they sure responded. This is why I have great people in my life. <laughs> I guess they, that does, that does say a lot about, yeah. Cause if you, if you text me in the middle of the night, I literally do not respond for like 12 no. hours. Nor do I expect you to. This is the thing I always tell people, like, I don't expect you to respond no, I don't want to text you right now, so I'm going to because it's on my mind. And I, I, did, I do this all the time. I'll text you in the middle of the night after I've had a weird dream. 
And yeah. Like, she'll get this in the morning and she'll find it. I don't expect you to respond then. It's actually weird to me when people do respond at three in the morning. Yeah, I'm like, it's super weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't actually want to talk right now. I wanted to talk in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, that went into that went in a strange direction um, it did, yeah. but I mean it kind of feeds in because it's like you choose you choose like it's setting that ba- it's like that integrity and setting boundary for boundaries for your well-being and it's like so often we don't set boundaries because we want to live up to somebody else's perceived expectations of us but yeah. usually they don't have the expectations we think they have of us so by not setting our own boundaries we're just wasting energy in a way because we've perceived these expectations put upon us when there really are no expectations put upon us by anybody most of the time like there we always have these conditions in our head that people will hold us up to and it's like but most of the time people are unconditionally on our side i mean if you have healthy relationships in your life that's usually typically there as long as you have healthy relationships in your life but also unhealthy relationships are largely fed by individuals not having boundaries for themselves and living with integrity for themselves. Ooh. Just throw that hammer down. <laughs> Just throw that out there. Yep. But it's the same. It's, it's not fair for us to have an expectation of someone, no. um, especially if we don't want to feel like they have an expectation for us. And I think that that, that is something that really like flip that around to the horse again and if we're riding with an expectation of that horse, that horse is never going to have an expectation of us. And if they did, can you imagine what that expectation would be? Like, hey, keep your butt in the saddle. Hey, quit pulling on my face. Hey, like, you're way over on the right side. Can you not sit up straight? Like, it, they don't have that expectation. And yet we demand and have this expectation of them that they, no matter how completely unaware we are of our bodies we expect them to be perfect in their bodies and bend both directions with perfection and pick up both leads no matter what and um, maintain forward motion even when we're balancing off of their face which is it's unfair for us to have that and it's it goes both ways if you're in a relationship with somebody who has unfair expectations of you but in return you can't have any expectation of them you can't even rely on them to pick you up when you have a flat tire then it's just not a healthy balance there it still comes back to the expectations you have for yourself or like the yeah the balance you're setting the boundaries you're setting for yourself like what am i okay with what am i not okay with if i'm not okay with something that's happening what by choosing to still put up with it I'm choosing this level of of love for myself essentially support for oneself and that's Mm -hmm. part of being an adult is figuring out how to support yourself emotionally because so many of us never learn how to do that we always rely on others for emotional support physical support all these other things We're, we're always trying to get from others when we have the system built in for ourselves, if we just figured out how to connect into it, we can support ourselves, we can love ourselves, we can do all those things. And once you figure out how to do that, then relationships on the outside of the rest of your life kind of fall into place from there because you, you just realize that you're not okay with certain things happening. You're not okay with 
people engaging with you in a certain way. And once you get real clear about what you're good with and what you're not good with, it gets really easy to move in a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's almost in both scenarios, it's almost like the spread of an infection. If, if you love yourself and you have a standard of how you expect yourself to be treated and how you treat others, then that is going to spread through your entire life. And it's the same if you have um, a low opinion of yourself and you don't respect yourself, then that is going to spread through your entire life. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We went, um, we went real deep with this one. Yeah. I think that both of us must've had an interesting week. <laughs> we haven't talked. In a week. <laughs> and it's Monday. <laughs> um, I also haven't eaten anything but like some almonds all day. So my head is just, and I've done a few really intense client sessions that were really good intense, but I'm still like decompressing them. So I'm just like, wow, like all these things. <laughs> Um, but anyway, what I was saying is that we start, so where we started this episode with was being okay with darkness, being okay with going into our shadows, working with our shadows and working with our darkness. I think that is an extremely valuable place to get comfortable with, because I know for myself, the more I was willing to go into these scary areas of my, myself into these things that I wasn't familiar with and these things that I were told weren't like weren't important um into all these dark areas in my life and just like sit in them and experience them and um take things out of them that's where we can actually figure out our boundaries we can figure out our expectations for ourselves and what we really hold uh, in a place of value for ourselves and you can figure out that unconditional love spot for yourself and then what you want from others, what you want for everything else in your life. But th- it starts in that dark place because so many of us have these, these wounds and these cuts and these bruises and these like injuries and on all levels, um, psycho- psychological, emotionally, physically, all these things that we've just kind of like, shoved away because we've been told that that's oh yeah you've been hurt there but best not to look at it because you might get hurt again or it might come back like it's gonna come back again probably when you don't want it to if you don't deal with it (coughs) um but yeah spending like not being afraid of just all those things that are kept under underground um the deeper you go into the darkness the brighter the lightness gets yeah and the more accessible it gets too what did I write? I've shared this on my Instagram story the other day, but I was like flipping through my journal. Um, and I like had randomly written this paragraph, like sometime in the spring. And it's a little bit cheesy, but I like it. So I'll read it. Um, so I wrote, we are free to create darkness. Let the light guide you, but allow the shadows to inspire you in spite of your fears, create faith in the dark, not disconnect in fear connect with the ground and your deeper self and open to possibility in the vast unknown. Which like kind of sums up what I'm trying to say is that we can grow in the dark. All of us grow in the darkness. That's where we, that's where we, if you think of the analogy of a seed, like a seed is planted into the darkness and that's where it grows from. So in order to grow, we can't really, we can't only grow in light, I think is what I'm trying to say. It doesn't work. You don't, that's not how things happen. 
No. No, that you would shrivel up and die if it was just all light. Yeah, you'd just be like blinded and not functional. (laughs) So on that note of being blinded and not functional, what is our challenge for today? Um, we did the button and one last time. That was a good one. Yeah. And then we've done the whys. Um, yeah, we did the whys. Um, I think I want to say I would encourage and challenge our listeners to, and this is again, super cliche as challenges would be, um, to do something that scares them. Um, interesting elaborate an example please (laughs) well this could be big or small um i'm not necessarily you all need to go and like jump out of a plane and skydive but um i think for myself anyway there's been a lot of power found in following the sensation of fear and examining it a bit further so um tangible example of that uh, please don't go walking down a dark alley in the middle of the night in a sketchy area of town. That is not what I mean by this. Um, I got one. I got one. I got one. Paying okay. a stranger a compliment. Ooh, good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doing something like that where it's like not something you would like instinctively go to do in your everyday life. Take yourself outside of your comfort zone. And yeah, that exact example is a great thing. So smiling at a stranger. Um, again, please don't go to a dark alley in the middle of the night. I like your second explanation a bit better <laughs> just stepping outside of your box a little bit instead of like doing something yeah. that scares you um because yeah. I think <laughs> we're just going down to dark alleys and jumping out of planes <laughs> right now um none of those are being condoned by us uh, no. <laughs> please keep your physical and mental safety in mind um, but yeah, that example is so like going in and saying something nice to a stranger, um, buying a stranger a coffee, um, paying it forward is an easy one. Maybe do something if you're doing the example, just something you have to engage with another human. Um, but or like even something like going to a yoga class or a fitness class that isn't your usual. Um, just do something different that is like your your gut instinct is like I don't wanna, and like just go and do it instead. I think that is a good challenge. Um, Those are usually the experiences in life that I end up enjoying the most. And I always go into them with my heels dragging. Yeah. I'm always like, I really don't want to do this. I don't, I just, no, not, no. And then you do it and you're like, oh, okay. That was, I would do that again. Or I met somebody super interesting or I learned something about myself that's the big one I learned something about myself where I engaged with this darker part of my being where it's like that hold it if you don't engage with something that's holding you back it's always going to hold you back (gasps) boom bam (laughs) (laughs) um and I mean I'm kind of a junkie for this feeling now because I've lived by this for a number of years now where if something scares me or something makes me very uncomfortable or something kind of terrifies me and it's immediate like I can't do that I could never do that I walk right through that barrier and and do it anyway um so examples in my life have been starting a business would be an obvious one um moving to a different country for a number of 
months by myself as a 19 year like all these things where it's like this makes no logical sense I can't do this I'm not ready for this I'm scared of this what could happen what if what if what if what if and when you just like go with that and trust it and just like follow because underneath usually underneath that feeling of hesitation there's something tell there, there wouldn't be hesitation there if there wasn't something telling you that it was something possibly valuable for you like your gut is always like dragging you towards it and the rest of your body's like nope that's unfamiliar but usually there's something that piques your interest about that to begin with otherwise it wouldn't even be something you're hesitating on or feel for that. now the thing to be careful of is if your intuition is telling you do not do that yes. that is slightly different that is probably good advice listen to your gut but if it's your mind saying no protect 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 then it's it's something it's a barrier that probably needs pushing through and so now the question is going to be well how do you know if it's your instinct and how do you know if it's just your brain great question cat (laughs) if it's if it's something that brings up fear and doubt that's your brain if it's something that you're just drawn towards or you have a like a literal emotional response so when i say fear and anxiety those are not emotions those are symptoms of something else emotions are things like like just this knowing that you should not go and do something that you should go and do something or you're curious about something um or things like um, yeah, I, I'm not, you can maybe word this better than I can, but fear and doubt are always going to come a place. Fear, anxiety, doubt are coming from the mind always, always. Interesting. I, I didn't know that. that. Um, yeah, but things like anxiety, that's, that's just your, your brain going and think, things like questions like, well, I don't think I could do this or I don't know or any any doubt related thing that's not coming from your gut that's not coming from your instinct your instinct is a yes or no mm-hmm. oh it's a black and white yes this is okay yes this is safe yes I'm curious about this yes I want to do this or it's a no this isn't this isn't something I should be doing you know with your gut with everything else it's it's a question so I think that's what you should use as your guideline with this challenge. Man, we are going to, I hope we don't get sued. We won't get sued. We can't get sued. We live in Canada. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, yeah. I think, I think that just that explanation though, it like offers some clarity because it's how many things or times do we end up holding ourselves back just out of that anxiety, thinking that that's actually a gut instinct saying, no, you shouldn't do that when really it's just an anxiety that is preventing you from doing it Um, which at that point that's allowing your shadow to take over and um that's you not you just like you still need to be conscious of your fear and your anxieties are there for a reason but ask why they're there and are they there for your safety or are they there for your comfort exactly I'm just full of bombshells today. <laughs> oh, man. All this before all of our podcasts. Um, yeah, so I think that's the guy on there. Do something you're, you're, that takes you outside of your comfort zone. Makes you feel a little bit nervous. Um, and just, yeah, experience it. And uh, jot down what you notice. And keep in mind last time's challenge where it's like replacing the butts with the ands. 
I love that one so much. Um, while you're experiencing that uncomfortable new experience. Anything to add? Um, I was going to say something sassy, but I'm trying not to be so sassy. Because sassiness is just the avoidance of the truth. So also entertaining though. So <laughs> touche. Um <laughs> no, I, I think that that's good uh, a good place to end and uh it's definitely some food for thought. This might actually be one of those podcasts that you need to listen to twice because that went all over the place. Yeah, I went a lot of places with that. Yeah. But hopefully it doesn't leave you in the dark. Or maybe it does. Maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> maybe that is a good thing. Um, all right. Well, I guess until next time, whenever that happens, uh, this is your horse is not the problem. Yeah. Would you we say? Should be, we should be more regular now because you are back in the country. And I am not in transit much the next month or so. So we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I don't want to commit to anything just because we're both, what's the word? Blank silence. <laughs> you can't describe either of us. <laughs> this has been your horse is not the problem. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at, at Ridewell Performance or at so and or at Southwell Equine Services. And yeah, let us know how the challenge goes.